Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in, Houdats. It's the preseason finale. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, Colin Steele in Master Control. And the Houston Texans in town to close out exhibition play against the Saints. We got a 7 o'clock kickoff. You'll be able to hear right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Mike Haas, Deuce McAllister, and sideline reporter Jeff Nowak will be bringing you the latest from the Dome. It's always exciting to, you know, be inside the Caesar Superdome for game day. And I don't know, those those night starts, we might have to wait a little longer to get up to them, but they do feel a little more special, even though it makes our days longer. Yeah, well, yeah, don't get used to these Sunday night starts. Right, they're, uh, they're not going to happen. This is the only one. I mean, this is the only non-noon Sunday Scheduled, start the Saints right. will have this year. Yeah, there's a chance they get some flex scheduling later in the year, so you never know. But, yeah, this is not a year where you're going to get a lot of primetime experiences, so enjoy this one. Yeah, we've got the two Thursday night games and a Monday nighter, and the Monday nighter, bam, week two. Week two so we get road, that out yeah. the way quick. Yeah, and two of those three are on the road. So <laughs> <laughs> the only night start we will have in the Superdome this year, barring flex scheduling, is week six, uh, whenever the Jaguars come to town. Okay. It's the only one. Trevor. Uh, so, yeah, if you're, if you're a Saints fan, you're going to be waking up for that noon start quite a bit this year. Well, Jeff, we found out from Dennis Allen this week that the starters – will not be, for the most part, will not be suiting up, including Derek Carr and uh, your other big names like Demario Davis, yeah. Taran Matthew, yeah. you know, Alvin Kamara, the list goes on and on. I don't really think that's a huge surprise, but it was, I guess, a little uh, eye-opening just because of the fact they didn't get those joint practices this week with Houston. So you figured maybe there was a chance you'd see Carr and a few other guys uh, into the mix, but I guess they're satisfied with what they saw in that uh, that opener and also that – uh, the joint practices that they got with uh, Carr in L.A. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more than you saw last week in terms of some of the play. I mean, half the roster was inactive last week. Um, whereas like guys like Tano, you know, guys like Keith Kirkwood, I think you could possibly see. I don't think you'll see Alvin, but you might see Jamal Williams, right? Like, uh, So who knows? I mean, I expect to see Trevor Penning. I think you'll see a lot of the same faces. Like, you're not going to see them sitting people Penning's that played last week. a starter that needs week. the reps, for Penning's sure. Penning's going to play. <laughs> Adebo and Taylor are going to play. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. But it's not going to be a appointment viewing for the starters. Let's put it that way. No, but it is appointment viewing for guys trying to make this roster, obviously. Yes. And uh, 53 will be decided. Tuesday. Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central, I think. That is when the cuts have to be. And although we have seen, if you've been kind of paying attention through. around the NFL, you know, once the game ends – a lot of teams tend to make some cuts because if they're players that um, you know other teams might have interest in, they get it out there early. So if you want to jump the line, if you want to avoid waivers and you have an extra seventh-round pick burning in your hole in your pocket and you want to just send it out there and say, we want that guy, will you take this? And then, yeah. So Because it doesn't get – you don't have to officially cut anyone until 3 p.m. on Tuesday, but you can get the information out there. So if there are interested parties, which does happen. I mean, it's not – 
I wouldn't call it common, but it does happen. Um, where it's like we're cutting this guy, who wants him? And uh, you we know, saw the Eagles let go of a few former Saints, including quarterback Ian Book. They did let go of Ian Book. I didn't spot that. Yeah, he was released. Poor guy. Jake L- Luton got a release. <laughs> this the Saints quarterback room is just in shambles, right? No, no. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something. I don't expect the Saints to do that though. They they haven't been the team that that jumps the gun on that traditionally. I think they're gonna they're gonna drag it out to the end. Unless your name was Brian Edwards. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brian had a day out in L.A. and I don't know if they I don't know if they cut him before he got on the plane, and came back or. But right, you uh, could just stay out here if you want. He had a rough day, man. He had a rough day. And, you know, you could all see it. And, it, you know, like they haven't signed anyone in that roster spot. That was the question I had was, are they cutting him early so that they could maybe bring somebody in and, and just get, you know, a week's work out of somebody that maybe you wanted to. to a closer look at nope <laughs> just they stuck at 89 hey yeah no, not a not a good look for brian but hey you know he wasn't making the roster so it's just getting a week's head start on that a few position battles you know obviously we're keeping an eye on and i think one that at least i didn't expect to go on as long as it has even entering now the finale is that kicker between uh will lutz and blake groupie I, I thought for sure lutz would have definitely pulled away and you know solidified his spot I think he's still holding on to it but man groupie's definitely been impressive these last couple of days and uh hitting that 59 yarder even though it did you know doink off the crossbar and through it still was good so uh a a lot of good stuff from him and you know uh, there's that thing to consider do you want to go with a younger less expensive guy on the roster or someone in Lutz who is a little more proven uh I don't think his Price tag two is that exorbitant? No, and he did take a pay cut this offseason. Right, exactly. To stick around. I mean, I I find it hard to believe you would move on from him unless, like we we talked about this on Friday with Bobby, and it's like I wouldn't be surprised if so. If we've we've heard all the reports that you know maybe someone to come make come call in to trade for Groupie. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean was like, hey, what do you want for Lutz? Right, and and if you're the Saints, like that that will actually call your bluff of like how how confident are you really in this guy? Because if you are confident in him, you believe in him, and you can get something for Will, and you might not be able to get that same value for Blake, why wouldn't you? But is just that? a, a six-round pick from Denver worth it for? That's a good question. Yeah, that that's a, that's another one for me. But you that's know. but that goes into how much do you believe in Blake? Right. Because if you do, if you really do believe in Blake, then yeah, it's worth it. Because you're cutting one of them. Can we have two Blakes on special teams kicking? That, that, would be that confusing. Mean, do, do we have to get rid of Gilligan then it too? Would be him? very confusing. <laughs> uh, Yes, they got that, a BG and a BK, and that's that's been another. I'm sorry, they would both be BGs. <laughs> They've had the same initials. Right. What am I thinking? That, that's another interesting special teams battle that really hasn't been talked about much. But I mean, uh, the the battle at punter is still something that's to be considered because I feel like both have uh, ha- both have had ups and downs this camp. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tougher to gauge at, at punter, right? Because there's no uprights that you can <laughs> say I know what they were aiming for and it definitely got there, right? Uh you don't necessarily always know what the what the punter is trying to do, where he's aiming and where he's trying to leave it and which direction he's trying to make the ball bounce. So, I find it a little more difficult to track who's doing well there. But, you know, I think I think Blake has that job. But I don't see it being anything where you're really kind of diving in. But that it's a it's a tough that's a tough competition to win for a UDFA coming in. You have to really blow teams away for them to, you know, cut bait on a guy that you've seen and trust. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if Headley is still kind of in that competition. But, hey, you never know. I think it's a pretty big plus for the Saints that I've been leading with 
kickers, p- place kickers and punters as position battles. Although I know linebacker, obviously wide receiver, are two there other, are other spots. Battles, yeah. Uh, but the t- like I said, to me, I didn't expect that place kicking battle to really carry into this last you know game where we're going. Hmm, what, what's a guy like Groupie going to do tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd still say Lutz is the guy. Lock solid. Yeah, I mean, if I had to make a pick right now, I would say Lutz, 100%. Um, I don't know, maybe the Saints are thinking differently, but again, it's like consistency is so important with your kickers. And we've seen teams like feel like they had something in the preseason, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, what happened there? You know, and so I, I don't know. It, it's We saw what happened when they just didn't have a kicker in 2021 with when Lutz got hurt and I just don't want to be there again because suddenly you 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 went with a rookie and he just you know he looked really great until the game started and then I don't know um but right then the lights oh you know lights too bright kind of thing suddenly when the real deal starts rolling around personally that's not the position battle I'm going to be watching the closest uh to me it's it's Shaq Davis A.T. Perry it's I think there's one spot to be had on this roster for a 6'5 rookie I don't know I don't think keep two and, uh, you know, it's really going to come down to, okay, which one of you two wants it the most? Um, AT probably has the inside track. I think he's probably a more precise route runner. He's a little more polished as a player. Shaq Davis is still kind of coming into his own. I think he's come the farthest in terms of where he started to where he is now. His, his volume seems to have picked up the last has, couple of days. People has. just been feeding him the ball. Well, I mean, he's in the right spot. He's getting huh. open, and he's 6'5", so he's a huge target. <laughs> Plus, when you catch balls the way he's caught balls in terms of getting your hands up there and corralling them without bobbles, and they're not there's no drops. You know, his hands are like vice grips. That's kind of where I would see the difference. Is I see AT as a, as a more polished route runner. And just kind of generally further along. But Shaq, I think, uses his size a lot better. He plays a lot more like a basketball player, which makes sense because he played basketball at SC State and he's run track, he's fast. And when he goes up for the ball, he's coming down with it because his hands are like vice grips. And we've seen that in practice. We saw it against the Chargers. Pretty impressive. When he can get his hands on a ball, he's coming down with it. It reminds you of Mike Thomas, the way he just like if, – if the ball goes into his hands, you have faith that, he's, that no one's taking it away from him. And uh, so to me, that's that's his upside is like I feel like he is the true contested catch guy there, whereas A.T., I think maybe he has a little more, I don't know, football sense to a degree. But that's stuff you can learn. I I think that's interesting. I want to see how those two stack up today. We're going to take our break and when we get back, we'll get into Mike Dettelier's notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Get his insight on a few young players on the Saints and also on the Texan squad. Back with more right after this. First take right here on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into First Take. We've got Mike Dettelier joining us now in the radio huddle. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Mike, hallelujah, the preseason has come to an end. We know that the Houston Texans will play some of their starters a few series. We heard from their head coach, uh, but a, a guy that we're looking forward to uh, maybe not so much taking on our offensive line. And Will Anderson, their first-round pick at defensive end, could be a monster of a challenge early on for this squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, Steve, I'm glad it's it's almost over with, too. <laughs> and so uh, I think like all of us. But, hey, it's important <clears throat> because there are probably five or six guys on this team uh, that are looking to, to make those final roster spots Uh Randy Mueller used to always say, Mike, you would understand it's just trolling the bottom of the barrel. You know, you understand that that on the roster, you you sort of trying to find that right five or six guys for the bottom part of your roster. But, you know, Will Anderson was a monster player at Alabama. Um, I've known Pete Jenkins now well over 25 years. I've never heard a guy Pete has raved about um more than he has about Will Anderson, other than Javon Curse, he he did have the freak, the original, and so he he talked a lot about him too. But man, Will is uh, not only a great player, but he gives you everything he's got on every play. They moved him around a lot at Alabama last year, trying to get some mismatch situations where he wasn't always double teams. And so you saw a little bit of a swing. They'd kick him inside, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stunts with him. And he did maybe put up the numbers like he did the year before. But, man, he was opening up things for a lot of other people because you paid so much attention to him. Instead of playing outside linebacker, he is playing defensive end now. And uh, his takeoff and his quickness is amazing. Really technically sound. Uh, he stays low, and he's got that bend that he can get around the edge real quickly. And to get from point A to point B is really fast for him. Um, and he's fearless on the field and sort of fearless off the field with one obsession. Um, he's scared of his three sisters because they used to beat the crap out of him when he was younger. And he would talk about, man, you know, when you got three older sisters and you know, things got out of hand and, you know, you got a little argument maybe, man, you know, then they would gang up on him and they would beat him up. So he's like, man, I still have that fear today of my three sisters uh, with it. But, you know, with the Texans, they just don't have enough players. The accumulation now over the last couple of years, though, of getting Stingley uh, from LSU and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, you've got something there that at least – but D'Amico Ryans, you, you've got a little bit of a, a building block and some pretty strong ones there. But Will Anderson's one heck of a football player. And when he's in there, uh, he treats this. It might be a preseason game to everybody, but he treats this like it's a regular season. And he's coming after you. 
and he's going to get there in a very physical and hostile manner uh, when he hits you. Uh, there ain't no let up in Will Anderson Jr. So uh, I thought that night when they picked C.J. Stroud, and I saw him back on the clock, you know, me and Bobby and Hoss and Deuce, we all looked at one another and said, this has got to be Will Anderson. Because I thought, take the quarterback position out. Grade-wise, he was the best player on the board. And I think he's going to end up being uh, a perennial a Pro Bowl player uh, for the uh, uh, for the Texans. He's that good. Just to make you talk about some of the players they brought in, uh, Steve can attest to this. I, I, I was trying to speak Tank Dell into the, the Saints in the oh. third round in, into existence. Ever since the senior bowl, I watched him out there, and I just was blown away by his precision, his route running, his ability to get open. And I think you've seen that in the preseason so far with the Texans. I mean, what are your impressions of uh, Tank? Obviously a Houston kid, so it makes sense that he didn't get past Houston in the third round. Yeah, uh, Nathaniel, uh, he was a guy that they he played like all the, the wide receiver positions at Houston and watching him. He played inside, he played out on the edge, he played the XYZ, he played it all over. And I'll never forget we have Willie Fritz on, and so my thing is I, it's, it's obvious that he is an NFL player when you watch him play at Houston. I mean, it was pretty quick. Right. And so when I asked him about Willie, and he took one deep breath, and he was like, Mike, I'm just glad I don't have to play him again. <laughs> and what you bring up is correct, Jeff, that it's not only his speed and his quickness. It's his route running skills. He is so skilled. And a lot of times a really fast player. They have difficulties getting into and out of a cut and a break where they almost have to stop or slow down to make that move. That's not the case with Tank. He doesn't lose any of of his quickness and his speed getting into and out of a cut and a break. And then you got issues because once he catches the football, he's electrifying. He's got really good moves. Uh, he is dealing with a hamstring issue. I wonder a little bit about if he's going to play or not. But, man, he's he's a big-time performer. I, I think his best position probably would be in the slot where he can give you a lot of problems. And he is fearless going over the middle. He, he'll, he'll make that, uh, that tough catch going over the middle. He's not a big guy, though. I mean, he's a, he's a smallish receiver, and that's probably why he lasted into the third round. But his speed and his quickness is so good. But even more impressive than that, his route running skills and his ability to eye a football in flight. A lot of times receivers have some difficulty uh, catching a ball over their shoulder. Not tank he catches and and normally it's the smaller guys that have the issues not the bigger ones uh, but you know uh he's he's a really smooth guy uh, a very electric type player out on the field and if i'm cj stroud uh tank dell's my best friend because i know one thing he is so good at coming back for the football you got a lot of young receivers. They just stay in the same spot, you know, once they run their pattern. But Tank has been taught, come back to the football. I, you know, hey, I'm going to help you out. So that certainly helps out C.J. Stroud. I'm with you on 
on, on Tank. Man, I think he was a heck of a pickup for them in round three. Mike, looking at the Texans' defense again, uh, first-round pick out of LSU last year, the third overall selection, Derek Stingley Jr., a bit of a mixed bag for him his rookie season. What should we expect from Stingley uh, year two with the Texans? Yeah, uh, you know, I liked him last year in, in the games that I saw him play. Uh, he's a tall, thin-billed corner. He's got great acceleration to the football. He plays the ball well in flight. I wish you could get him a little bit bigger. He's got a problem that you and I wish we could have. He got difficulty putting on weight. <laughs> I mean, he's tried a bunch of different things and it's just not stayed on him. Um, you know, and he'll pick it up, but he'll lose it very, very quickly. He's had issues with injuries. Um, and it's the minor stuff. He's almost like a track sprinter type build in that, you know, the hamstring, the calf, thigh injuries, he's had that. And so that's something he's fought. But, man, as a freshman at LSU, you know, we talked so much about Perkins a year ago and the impact he had. Man, ain't nobody was throwing the football on his side of the field as a freshman. I mean, he kind of took that side of the field away. And then he, he started having a bunch of injuries. And if he's healthy, he is a premier corner in this league. The big question mark is, can he stay healthy? Again, he's a guy that they thought a lot of, and I think everybody did, when he came out of LSU. Because physically, that's what a cornerback should look like, just like what Stingley is. And he's got genetics with his dad, his grandfather uh, played the game. But, man, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's a big cog for them defensively. And his one-on-one skills – especially in press coverage, it's really good. So the question is not talent and not want to. The question is the lower body injuries that he's had that has really kept him from being looked at as an elite corner in the NFL. He stays healthy. He's in that category. So, Mike, just kind of shifting over to the to the Saints side of the equation, you know, I hear from people all the time, it's like, well, why watch the final preseason game? Why does it matter? It's like, well, it means different things to different people. One of the players that I think it means, this game in particular means a lot for, is going to be Shaq Davis, a guy who I would argue has made the biggest jump in terms of where he started at the beginning of camp or at the beginning of rookie minicamp even to now in terms of what he's been able to do and how he's been able to understand the game and play a lot faster. And so what have you seen from Shaq? Because I think he's really a guy that's come on the last few weeks. Yeah, when you watched him in college, he had like two or three patterns he ran. Right. That was it. Okay? He comes to the NFL, man, they're giving it to him tablespoon. So you would expect that he was going to struggle early as a route runner, and he did. And I think it affected maybe his confidence as a pass catcher. But over the last couple of weeks, you've started to hear him, you know, like if you're in a race that you can sort of feel him right there. He's right alongside of you. And he's a big target guy. I can't teach him to be six foot five and a half. And to have those ball skills. For a smaller college player, he does know how to get his big body between arms and hands and defenders very well. And sometimes that's difficult for him because they want to be high school open to catch the ball. Shaq has shown that he'll catch the ball in traffic. He's gotten better as a route runner. He's still a little bit of a work in progress there. 
but he's got a lot of confidence, and he's playing with that. Same thing with A.T. Perry. We saw the same sort of growth in him, even though he went to Wake Forest. That it, it took him a little while to get it all straightened out. It's a huge game for him because he's right on the border there. And um, I used to live next to an NFL coach, and he would always make this comment to his players uh, before the last preseason game. Make it hard for me to cut you. Play well enough that it makes it real hard for me to get rid of you. And so for Shaq, he's done everything you could ask him to do over the last couple weeks. He does have some inexperience, and we all get that part. But if you expose him out there, somebody else might take a grab at him. Now, you got to put him on the 53 because you know the Saints would sign him back to the practice squad. But I agree with you, Jeff. I think of all the players from start to finish, he has made the biggest growth of anybody if you're talking about draft choice or rookie free agent. And you saw it last week when he cut off a pattern. He shut it down, and he saw Jameis was in trouble. So he stops running the route and just sort of does like a basketball player going up for a rebound. He turns toward him and says, hey, throw it up. I'm going to go get it. And he makes the catch. That shows me he's got a lot of confidence in his play. Um, Again, is he ready for prime time in the NFL? Probably not. But don't be surprised he has a big game today because I think he wants to make it real difficult for the Saints uh, when they come down to that 53. He has another big game. You know what? You might not be able to to cut him loose and, and try to squeeze him on developmental. Mike, another guy to me, is he ready for prime time? Jeff and I were kind of talking about this before we just got you on. Is that kicker, Blake Groupie? To me, it started out, oh, it's a nice story. Short kid, five foot seven, 157 pounds. Uh, looks like a baby out there, you know, out of Notre Dame. But as, as the, the, the camp's gone on, he's looked more and more impressive. And I think going into tonight, I don't want to say that there's a shot of him winning the spot over Will Lutz, but he's definitely making it really hard on these coaches. Yeah, my thing is, is there 31 other uh, kickers in the NFL better than him? Right. Somebody, he, he's going to kick somewhere in this league. Uh, okay, and would they list him at 5'7", 150? Uh, I bet his second number's a four if you put him on there. And he's, you know, I don't know if he's 5'7". Yesterday at the touchdown club in New Orleans, every Saint got introduced but one. They skipped over Blake Groupie. Oh, man. (laughs) Think about, you know, last week they couldn't, uh, well, two weeks ago they couldn't. Right, get him in the dome. As a Saints player. Yesterday he got skipped over when they did the interview, when they did the introduction. Ouch. Man, you know, no matter where, but you know what? He kicks with a lot of confidence. Yeah, He's got a whip. Um, now, I'm no kicking expert, but he's stretching the imagination. But, man, he's like a golfer with a real sweet swing in that when he hits that ball, he gets all of it. And, you know, he's a guy that we've seen in practice kick field goals beyond 50, 55 yards. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, of a guy that's got that much power in his leg, 
but certainly all have to do with his mechanics and his swing. And he's got a certain swagger with him that, you know what? Uh, yeah, they got guys bigger than me, stronger than me, but I'm better than all of them. Uh, because if you don't have that mentality when you hit size, you know what? You're not going to make it. And you think about, you know, he was an all-state football player, soccer player uh, in Missouri, goes to Arkansas State, ends up at Notre Dame his final year. Nobody gave him a chance when he came here with the Saints. It was Will Lutz's job. And I still think it's Will's uh, to beat out. But, man, he's made this a race. And for other teams in the NFL, I see some of this kicking. Man, the Titans, you talk about Lause. Man, they got field goal kickers that aren't very good either. A lot of people try to connect the dots with Sean Payton in Denver. I think Maher is, is Maher, he's a much better kicker than anything the Titans have at this stage. So there's a place for him in the NFL. But, again, it's one more chapter in the groupie uh, book that, you know, you everybody gets introduced and, and he doesn't. Yes, it's a touchdown club. But, it, you know, hey, he's used to that. It's been like that all of his life. And he's made quite an impression here in the way he can kick the football. Mike, always appreciate the time. We'll be talking to you more on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff, which will be starting at 5 o'clock on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Like I said, Mikey, thank you. appreciate it and be talking to you soon. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. When we get back, we'll dip into the sound bank for a little sound from the black and gold leading up to this preseason matchup in the Superdome. 7 o'clock kickoff right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. We'll be back with more on WWL after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into First Take. Want to hit our sound bank, brought to you by the Sound Banking at First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910. Bobby Hebert and myself caught up with running back Ellis Merriweather, a man trying to make this roster. Uh, Here's what he had to say leading up to preseason game finale against the Houston Texans. Checking in with Saints running back Ellis Merriweather. How's it been going so far? I know, obviously, disappointed not getting drafted, but after that, you got to pick where you wanted to come. So how's it feel to be a part of the black and gold? 
It feels amazing. I know I look good, but um, yeah, it feels amazing. Great culture, um, great coaching, and uh, a lot of great players. You know, it's a lot of seasoned vets, pro bowlers, uh, all-stars, future Hall of Famers in pretty much every position on the team. So um, just great to be out here with these guys and just kind of learning, you know, what it takes to be at the top of your game because at the end of the day, that's where I'm trying to be. And Ellis, did you play football like Little League or did you just start in Alpharetta in high school? Or how, what was that process like as far as how you got introduced to football? Because, you know, in the deep south and in Georgia, yeah. like in Louisiana, football is a priority, especially even high school football. No so just talk about how football came to be uh, one of your loves. For sure, yeah. So um, I started playing football when I was seven years old. Uh, I didn't play flag. I went straight into tackle. And uh, it was evident right away that that was kind of a natural talent. Um, first year, we went undefeated. Second year, we won the championship. So, uh, like, that little league process, it kind of, you know, that's when I grew the love for the game. Um, as time went on, uh, I started to change positions because being out there in Alpharetta, for the most part, um, I was the best player, you know, at any position that I played. So I played quarterback, running back, uh, defensive end, linebacker, free safety, like pretty much as long as you put the ball in Ellis's hands. And well, that's how and you it get. looks like you must have played receiver too, the way you catch it. Yes, sir. I so definitely did. It. I definitely yeah, did. Yeah, because I, I notice always, when I always look at running backs to see if they're fighting the football mm -hmm. or the uh, body catching or snatching it and how smooth you catch with your hands. So that comes natural to you as a, now I heard you said earlier, you want to run routes like Alvin Kamara. Yes, sir. Which obviously, you know, understanding coverage, zone, man concepts. But first things first, to be able to run those routes, you got to be able to catch it. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, uh, Alvin, he's pretty much the, the best possible um, influence that you could have, you know, in the running back room. Uh, because I know I'm a bigger back, but I still want to be a balanced back, and I like to pride myself on being able to catch, block, and run the ball. So, I mean, he's he's a great example of being able to do that. Um, and, I mean, man, he's just so smooth. I know he's been doing it for a while, but, I mean, he's pretty much been doing it since since high school, you know. I know you were also a big-time basketball player in high school. Was it hard for you to make that decision to, you know, just stick with football over, over hoops? It was. It was. Um, all my life, I've been playing basketball. I've been preparing for this since I was three years old. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get 6'4", 6'5". I didn't get the height, but my skills were there. I played on uh, a lot of big-name AAU teams with a lot of guys that are in the NBA right now, Colin Sexton being one of them. Um, so, yeah, basketball is probably my first love, and um, I had to make that decision because I, I stopped playing football ninth grade, 10th grade to focus on basketball. So I was thinking I was going to take that basketball route, and then – once I got back in the game about 11th grade, I was just so much stronger than everybody, and it didn't matter if like, I was basically playing center at 6'2", you know, and uh, banging down low, you know, getting boards. It didn't matter if they were 6'10 or not. So I think the coaches saw that and saw how physical I was, and they just wanted to throw me down low because nobody else could rebound like me. So it kind of took me out of position of being a point guard, which is what if you go to the NBA at my height, that's pretty much all you're going to be able to be. So, uh, yeah, but I could I could shoot that thing like Dame Lillard, like Steph, I promise you. And I could go up and dunk before I got 220 pounds, so 230 pounds. So, yeah, it was. All right, so all that hooping going on in the locker room, guys got to watch out for you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> they, they, they don't want no smoke on the little mini, on the mini hoop that we have in there. They stay right. away from me. <laughs> uh, so what are your goals going into this preseason finale? What do you want to uh, put on tape? My physicality, my physicality, my physicality. That's it. <laughs> Got you. you know, that's that. we all can see I can catch the ball. It's right. natural. Um, like I said, I have no problem stepping up there and uh, knowing my assignment first off for pass protection and then getting in the way to protect my quarterback. But it's just that physicality. I'm a bigger back and I'm still getting it drilled in my head that like that's that's what they want to see from me every single time. You know, I'm not 
the 5'10", 195 pound back that I used to be, you know. So it's just it's just continuing to drill that in and just, you know, just letting these defenders know that it's it's not going to be a, a fun a fun thing to, to step up in front of 35. So it's that's that's pretty much the biggest thing that I'm focusing on, running my legs through contact and, you know, not relying on my size to just run through somebody's face, actually driving my legs and making sure that I finish it because people are stronger now. You know, it's a little different in college. So that's that's the biggest thing, just that, that technique with that, that power after the contact. Awesome stuff. Appreciate the time. Running back Ellis Merriweather, and best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Appreciate you. Definitely interesting options with Ellis Merriweather for the Saints. You know, you got a guy they brought in, Daryl Williams, who's injured right now. Also, even Kirk Merritt, someone yeah. that's banged up. That running back spot, a big question because you know Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for the first three games. You figure Jamal Williams is your lead dog there after that. Uh, you would go with the rookie Kendry Miller probably, but that leaves another opening unless you want yeah. to put the fullback in that spot. Not necessarily. I've said this a few times. If you wanted to, you could elevate a running back from the practice squad for three weeks if you needed to. So you don't necessarily have to keep them on the roster. It's really hard to make a roster as a rookie as UDFA. Right. I mean, I had someone tell me, it's like, well, what about Tony Jones? Tony Jones didn't make it as a UDFA. He, he spent his rookie season on the practice squad and then got called up late in the year Actually, I think he got signed late in the year. Uh, that that was the week that everyone had COVID, and so he was up there with Ty Montgomery and against the Panthers. But right. like, so he has, he spent a year on the practice squad, and then he got there the next year and he earned a spot. But it's really tough. It's really tough, and I I'm just not sure if if you if you can find a spot for him. But I do like Ellis a lot. He talks about running behind his pads. That is something that I think you have to learn at the NFL level because you got to use your pads. These guys are all way too strong to to think you're gonna you're just gonna out tough them. Like you got to use your pads and you got to run downhill, and he has done that really well. He talked about being a bully. That's what the coaches have tried to instill in him. That's what Mike Thomas has tried to instill in him, and uh, you know I think he's he is learning that. And whether he makes a roster or not, I know they're going to want to keep him around the practice squad. Big thing too, you know, all throughout camp, you've seen a guy even like Alvin Kamara be right there, uh, giving notes to some of the young guys on the roster, whether it be Kendry Miller or even an Ellis Merriweather. So he's still a young guy, but man, AK has still been you know a great on-field coach for these youngins in this training camp. Yeah, Alvin Alvin is kind of fascinating to watch operate. He's just this incredibly charismatic guy who doesn't talk a lot. You know, you don't really hear <laughs> you don't you don't hear him that much until, you know, until you kind of engage with him, but then he is this like When he does talk, guy. yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy who's like seeking that attention, but he's so good at it when he gets it. Um, and yeah, he's he's a guy that all these guys look up to. Everyone's wearing that tape on the back of their arms, like they wear that because of Alvin. Like no one wore that until he showed up and made that cool. Like he is a guy these guys have been watching for years, and uh, so they're they're all just kind of learning from him. I think. Want to hear from you and the Oakland Heart Jewelers? Talk and text line your first take on today's preseason finale. 504-260-1870. We'll be back with more closing out this hour on WWL after this. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into first take the. Oakland Hard Julex, Jewelers Rolex time check. Three hours, two minutes till the 7 o'clock kickoff in the Caesars Superdome between the Saints and Houston Texans. Preseason finale. We know most Ooh. of the black and gold starters won't be in, but a little taste of what the Texans will at least look at come the regular season because they're going to be going with most of their starters. Yeah, this is one of the first times I can remember the Saints. or the, I don't remember any recent examples of the Saints playing a team in the preseason and seeing – the team that you expect to see, like the CJ Stroud is going to be the same CJ Stroud. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably what I, I'm probably more interested in seeing how CJ Stroud looks than necessarily how the saints look no, uh, for because true. they're going to have to deal with this guy. in I think week eight, 
No, week week six, I get, early in the season. Yeah, unless they've made some kind of switch back to the other QB by then. Yes. Yeah. Although, I, although I don't think they've named the starter, have they? They yet? haven't technically named right, the right. starter, but I think everyone who's who's anticipating <laughs> of, to, at a, to any level knows it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I, I mean, you 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 went up and got him. I, they're going to take C.J. Stroud, but we'll see. Either way, uh, I think how he performs today is going to be just interesting to watch because you're going to have to face him, and you're going to get Anthony Richardson in Week Eight, I believe. You're going to face Bryce Young twice. You know, if the Saints want to kick that label of they always struggle against rookie QVs. You know, this is the year they're going to get a chance to do it because you're going to have a lot of guys you face that you just don't have a lot of tape on. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, really interesting, obviously. Like you said, the the fear is, oh, no, we haven't done well against rookie quarterbacks in the past. But, yeah, the, with the well, way this defense has looked, yeah. I, I'm sure they're going to be itching to take, a, you know, that, that bite out of some fresh meat on the field. That take also isn't accurate, right? Like, I think we've gone <laughs> we over We just remember the bad games. We just remember RG3, and it's like, <laughs> oh, no. Every rookie. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky had a really good game against him, too. I think that was the day Zach Miller, like – had his leg broken and they replayed it 10 times right. in the stadium because they were reviewing it for a touchdown that they took away <laughs> those animals uh but yeah closing out this hour first take when we get back from the break we'll be talking more of the preseason finale against the houston texans also get into jeff's one-on-one interview with offensive line coach doug marone back after this on wwl this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 